Hey everyone, so you are now officially at our first previews bonus episodes, I guess, a, a new series of bonus episodes. New series. Yeah, bonus new series. previews. Marvel, DC, other publishers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I don't just let Victor host this. Like, he just takes the words out of my mouth. He just... Right I mean, out of my they mouth. were literally I mean they were just words so I don't know I, guess I didn't formulate an actual sentence so. <laughs> but it gets the idea across <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so we're starting a brand new sort of a monthly series I guess it's going to be labeled as bonus episodes uh, basically when previews catalogs come out we're going to be talking about a a whole bunch of brand new number ones they're going to we're going to try to cover as many of the publishers as we can but you know more importantly we'll be covering the publishers where we think these books will make it onto our pull list for the show and it's also going to help i guess establish for like future um you know future series that we might be more looking interesting in and you know maybe something that you can put on your pull list and then you know we can get some discussions going so now i do want to add however yeah that these are purely just books that we're interested in right there's yes. no actual guarantee that exactly yeah we'll, we'll cover these or if we're, we'll cover these ongoing yeah so Be- I because mean, of the extent we cover a lot of books as right. well it doesn't we do, it doesn't allow for a lot of space to to add a whole lot of books yeah um what does help sometimes is a lot if there's a lot of like mini series a lot of yeah. like short like five issue runs five, six, six issue, issue runs, runs stuff yeah. like that it, it does help with bringing those stuff on board because mm-hmm. it's easier to cover. Yeah. But at the same time, we also found that with those type of stuff, as we've seen in some of the miniseries that we've been covering, it might even be better to cover those as like a full uh, trade, you know? Yes. Like the full run Just to get the full right? scope of the story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like we're, we're probably doing that with the Magic Order and stuff like that. And we might yeah. be doing that with the first arc with Superman because yeah. even though Superman's an ongoing, but it is a slow burn, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... We're going to start with the first publisher. So if you haven't picked up your previews catalog, you can always find them at your local comic shop. So today we'll be talking about the October 2018 previews catalog, which are going to be comics that will be coming to the shops in December. Mm -hmm. So you still have quite some time. There are one or two titles on here because this is our first episode doing it. Uh, there are one or two titles on here where it will be number twos. You still have time to go to your local comic shop to go pick up the number of to to go put the plates uh, pre order on the number ones because the number ones will be so, coming out in November. Yeah, you yeah. still have time. Mm-hmm. Still have time. Okay, so first publisher we'll be hitting is DC Comics. Whoa, <laughs> there are quite a lot of there are quite a lot of interesting series coming out through DC Comics. So without further ado, first book. Batman Who Laughs, number one. Instant yes. Instant yes. I think we can almost guarantee that this one will be covered. On our show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Just because sure. the both of us are such a big fan of the Batman Who Laughs as a character. Yes. Right? Even uh, even if he didn't have his own series, I would go out of my way to try and find anything <laughs> any content that has the batman who laughs <laughs> like if he just even makes a guest appearance on just like some some tie-in crossover thing we'll go and cover that remember well. how blown my mind was when he uh when he showed up in justice league <laughs> yeah. i was like my goodness <laughs> <laughs> it is good to see this character in particular make the jump over to dc proper i guess to the main universe for dc I think it just makes sense. I think I, I don't think they anticipated how popular the Batman Who Laughs would be mm-hmm. as a character. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And 
it is it is a character that is the most ripe for storytelling I think yes uh, there is multiple dimensions you can go with it mm-hmm. um, so this series is going to be written by Scott Snyder with art done by Jock so, I'm so pumped mm-hmm. I'm so pumped for this book mm-hmm. especially because it's going to be back in the hands of the character of the of the man who created the character yeah and Scott Snyder and Jock has always had a good has always had good chemistry together from when they did the Black Mirror together then they did the Image series for Witches they've always had really good chemistry and they have a very unique style of storytelling together so I think it'll be really fun Um, so issue number one it is also going to be a mini series this Mm -hmm. one it is uh, one of six I don't know if I said it was an ongoing earlier Uh, that was my mistake it is a six issue mini Mm -hmm. but guaranteed after this I mean, he already has a place in Justice League right now, right? Yeah. So, guaranteed after this, he's probably going to have a bigger role. Maybe even an ongoing later on after that. But probably. it could be another another creative team that takes over. But mm-hmm. he's going to be a mainstay, that's for sure. I would love to see him as a recurring villain in in the Batman series. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be... Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he's more suited as a Justice League villain. As opposed to just Batman. Mm-hmm. Just because he's already such a grand character from the start. Right. Right? So, you know what? Yeah, you know what? He, he, he may be a better ongoing Justice League villain. Yeah. But how they how they keep him coming back, I don't know. We'll yeah. Well, he is going to... I think his role is going to be extended just, you know, in, in the Justice League proper right now. Yeah. Because he already has a role in it with the Legion of Doom. And clearly his agenda goes beyond Justice League and the Legion of Doom. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have a prominent role there. And I, But I think moving forward, he might play as a better... Like, I think opposite. I think he might actually play as a, a better Batman villain. Because it's Batman... It'll give Batman a chance to really come to terms with the fact that, like, he really can't cross a line because this is what he will become. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think there will be good storytelling for that. Yeah. And maybe this is where it might even... You know, touch on that a little bit in the right. mini series. Right, so, right. very excited about that. So, the next book on our list is Martian Manhunter number one. Mm-hmm. So, Martian Manhunter, written by Steve Orlando with art by Riley Rosmo. Martian Manhunter. I've actually never read a Martian Manhunter issue ever. No series, nothing. Oh, because I was never interested in, in him as a character, but after really reading. Justice League in their past couple of arcs I've really come to enjoy Martian Manhunter as a character mm-hmm. I, I don't know for me like back when <laughs> I feel like I have to explain myself now uh, back when <laughs> I, I, I first started reading comics it was just all about the characters that I really had an affinity for mm-hmm. right like the Flash was the biggest one obviously um, and then uh, it was the Flash and hmm, I want to say Spider-Man, but I also fell out of love with Spider-Man back then, too. Mm-hmm. So really, maybe it's just a flash. <laughs> <laughs> so I never had a chance to to really... Not that I didn't have a chance. I didn't give it a chance. I think that's the better way to put it. But now I feel like giving it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he has gotten his prominence back in DCU. Yeah. Um, I feel like, especially when when there was that sort of um, that that line that came out DCU yeah when that came about sort of at like the tail end of the new 52 
uh, Martian Manhunter had a series then, and mm-hmm. that series wasn't actually that bad. Like it was, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very different from the usual tales. It it almost felt like it w- it would take place in like an else world. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much here, but if you haven't had a chance to read that, listeners, you should definitely go read that the Martian Manhunter series from DCU, and that I think that kind of brought him back. And made people realize, and you know, and made DC even realize that like people are itching for more Martian Manhunter stuff, mm-hmm. especially because he was so prominent in the Justice League, um, Justice League animated series back yeah. then, right? Yeah. So, a lot of people are looking forward to good Martian Manhunter stories. So mm-hmm. this series in particular is going to be a twelve issue maxi series, yeah. And the way they're advertising it, it's it's in the tradition of Mister Miracle, where it's. It's that 12-issue maxi. It tells a very tight story confined to its own sort of its own continuity and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it will it'll be one of those series that'll be great read on its own. Now yeah. I don't know but because because of the way they're advertising in the tradition of Mr. Miracle, the way those maxi series are written now, they're the way Tom King writes them is very different from tra- traditional comics. So mm-hmm. he writes them in a very poetic way. Yeah. And he's done that with The Vision for Marvel. Mm-hmm. He's done that with Omega Men. And he's now doing that with Mr. Miracle. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're them advertising it as such. If the writing style is too different, if people will be conflicted by that. But I I do trust in Steve Orlando's writing. I think he's a great writer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes his writing is a little heavy for me, but I do think he's a great writer. He's he's talented, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I do and I do love Riley Rosmo's stuff. Very, very gorgeous artwork. Mm-hmm. So I do have trust in this series. It's just we'll have to see when it comes out. I just I don't I didn't think they need to to advertise it in the tradition of Mister Miracle to to upsell the book. I think. Yeah. The character itself, the creative team, and and themselves, and the fact that it's a maxi series, I think, already tells us all we need to know about the type of story they're trying to tell. Right, right. They're not they're not trying to tackle this as like a main continuity type thing. I don't mm-hmm, think so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm pretty excited about it. So the next book is actually well, we're sort of going through the order on the uh, previous catalog. So the next book is actually called the New Talent Showcase. Number one. So every year, they have sort of a uh, anthology book, right? And it's called New Talent Showcase twenty eight no twenty eighteen for this year. Yeah, and it's just called twenty eighteen every year. Every year, <laughs> every year twenty eighteen. <laughs> so this one is called New Talent Showcase twenty eighteen. Um, it's written by well, so it's, it has stories from Philip Kennedy Johnson, Joey Esposito, Sonia Anwar, Robert Jeffrey the Second, Magdalene Visaggio, and Ryan Katie. No, with, that's a showcase. That's a showcase. That's a showcase. And it's got art by, and I'm gonna butcher a lot of these names. I'm really sorry, but wow, a man, a man, K, Na- Oh boy. Oh boy. Jump on the catalog. See if you can pronounce that better. But Priscilla, Patrice. I'm just gonna let you write it out, man. <laughs> I'm gonna let you write it out. Dominique Domo Stanton, Anike, and Isaac Goodhart. Only one of those sounded correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, Priscilla or Goodhart? Uh, 
Imagine well, if it's not even pronounced Goodhart. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> but okay, so the new talent showcase. They there's usually a bunch of up and comer, uh, new talents, new new writers, new art uh, artists, and they're just sort of given a space to tell a story uh, about one of the main DC characters. So one that I'm really excited about because I don't know a lot of these talents, right? And this mm-hmm. is kind of a good way to to showcase it for us to get to know some new people out there. Mm-hmm. One person I'm really excited about. Is way back when, I remember my first comics podcast was like my first comic podcast I would listen to. Right. It was years ago. Was actually the IGN Comics podcast. Yes. So that podcast was hosted by Joey Esposito, and at the time he was already writing some, you know, he was already writing some like short stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did like one-off issues and stuff like that. Uh, and he had just some fantastic stuff. I really liked his stuff. I actually really like him as a person. Um, and then later on, he he did a podcast with uh, just sort of outside of IGN because he left IGN. Mm-hmm. And then so he did the um, he did another podcast with with Benjamin Bailey. And I thought that was really cool. But then you know it was kind of short lived because mm-hmm. they they eventually moved on and did their own stuff, right? right? Um, but Joey Esposito has always been working towards like towards writing. And I think it's really exciting that he's now made it to the new talent showcase and he's writing a proper DC book, mm-hmm. a proper DC story. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually really excited about that. Really excited to see what he has. Like I said, it's a showcase. <laughs> one shot, one kill. What's the deal? What? <laughs> I don't I don't know where that What's comes. What's the deal? I, Pickle. I tried to rhyme there. Well, you know, we, we all got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> with our run game <laughs> <laughs> so this next book is not a number one but it's a number 43 <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's Aquaman number 43 now the reason why this is significant is because they are bringing on a new creative team so Dan Abnett's run on the series has come to an end and Kelly Sue DeConnick is going to be taking over alongside with Robson Rocca and Daniel Henricks so very excited to see a new voice take over Aquaman. As much as I I really did enjoy Dan Abnett's stuff, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's always refreshing to get a new take on it. I was never into Aquaman. Really? Yeah. Man, it's, Aquaman's my boy. I love Aquaman. I know he's your boy, but my boy is, is better than your boy. Wow. <laughs> I'll have you know okay. that no Flash is he's very fast he's very short <laughs> um, <laughs> but no I'm, I'm actually very excited uh, I do enjoy a lot of stuff that Kelly wrote a lot of stuff that I guess she wrote for independent comics for like Image and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I've actually haven't had a lot of experience with her writing mainstream superhero stuff so this will be interesting to see where she takes the character but uh, I'm always excited for a new voice for Aquaman because I enjoy Aquaman as a character so just so you guys know Jerry has an Aquaman hat it's like a it's like a fitted like new era hat it's a it's a dope hat it's a really cool hat it is pretty cool yeah, it's just it. too colorful but it's got like it's leather it's like leather well it's, it's, it's so it's kind of it, like it's designed like Aquaman like it's uh, yeah. I, I, but from what I remember the top of the hat was green and the and the brim and the brim was orange you know the or was brim, it, or was it reverse? It's reverse it's reverse and then and had, then there's the gold oh, badge gold on aqua it. yeah it's just too much man oh, it's so cool man I love it it's such a cool hat 
please don't ever let them catch you wearing it in public. I, I swear. I'm gonna wear it. But you no. know what? Actually, you know what? No, forget it. You know, be who you want to be. Yeah, and I'll walk around with my Aquaman trident too. Because hey, maybe that. just don't do that. Yeah, people might think it's. You might get arrested. Yeah, I might get arrested. <laughs> yeah, weapons and such. So very excited about this new uh, the new creative team. I'm not sure if we'll be talking about it on the show, but it is definitely something that I'll be reading. So, you know, I know it's probably not something Victor will read. Yeah, kudos to you. <laughs> kudos to me. Okay, so the next book after that is the book that we're talking about where it's not necessarily a number one. So, as you may have heard on, you know, just on different news outlets or on Twitter and stuff like that, uh, Green Lantern is getting a new creative team, but it's going back to a Green Lantern number one, uh, and it's written by Grant Morrison with art by Liam Sharp. So, very excited about this series. By the time, so this is going to be in December. This is going to be number two. So number one is going to be out in November. So you can still go and pre-order the book, so you don't miss it. And I can guarantee you, this is going to be a fantastic run. Mm-hmm. Because Grant Morrison has always had very unique ideas about characters. I've always liked his writing. Yeah. 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 However odd it may be sometimes. But there's always an end game. Yeah. Which is what I enjoyed about what I enjoy about his writing. Mm-hmm. He the way he writes it is very out there. Mm-hmm. But it all connects. Yeah. And when it does, when that aha moment comes, yeah. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very excited about this book. I think that everybody should definitely pick it up. I'll, I think I want to cover it on the show. This as is going to well. be a, 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 a must cover, I believe. I think so. This I is a must so. cover. Yeah. Do you like Green Lantern much? I like Green Lantern. Oh, yeah? I do like Green Lantern as a character. I like it very much, actually. Okay. Because because he, him, and the Flash are are, are a dynamic duo. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, like, Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. Hal, Hal, not, Hal Jordan. Not, and not Barry so Allen. much John Stewart. Yeah, or Kyle Rayner, but uh, <laughs> it's like John Stewart and Wally West. It's like well, I don't well, think we're talking the same thing here. Just doesn't work. <laughs> but uh, Barry Allen and Hal Jordan, what? That's a team you can't forget, right there, man. Mm. That's a team you can't forget. So I've 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 enjoyed Green Lantern, not because of the Flash, but he has a very big part in introducing the character to me as a whole. Yeah, right. Well, especially from, especially from like. The Black Blackest Night, for Blackest example. Night, uh, right. and even from Rebirth, when when he was in um, the the Green Lantern Corp series, like that was a yeah, that was a really good series. Yeah, uh, I I mean I, I stopped following after a little while as I did. I fell out with uh, Green Lantern two with uh, Simon Baz and <laughs> oh right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Green Lanterns yeah yeah the Green Lanterns yeah I wasn't a a big fan of that series past issue six yeah me neither. I think you. I think you stopped collecting it past issue six too, right? I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, issue yeah. six. I think. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed that first arc. The first and arc I, was really good. Yeah, and I think, and I think he touched upon Sam Humphreys. Yeah. Touched upon a lot of, a lot of great character moments for them, and it helped them develop as characters. Right. And then I felt like the second arc, is just, regressing those same same themes it just yeah it just felt really just dragged on that's what it felt yeah. like you know what so, I mean? like the, the first the first six issues was like really good and then past that i was just like mm. it's like they're still mm. going with it yeah so yeah I, I fell off of that and then i kind of just stuck on hell jordan green lantern core yeah i just kind of stuck on that book yeah yeah 
because that it's that one is more action oriented and stuff like that. So Hal Jordan to me is just a more exciting Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I enjoy Hal Jordan. I think of all the Earth Green Lanterns, I enjoy Hal Jordan's story more. Yeah, because of the fact that he takes risks and he doesn't think twice about a lot of his actions. Mm-hmm. It makes for more exciting and you know just like unexpected storytelling yeah yeah and then there's Kyle Rayner who's been overpowered like twice because <laughs> he was Oa at some point sorry was that the name no he was no, uh, no he was the White Lantern uh, he was White Lantern but he was also um, oh it's it's really slipping my mind now when it shouldn't um, now I have to google it because he's been the White Lantern but he was also Oh boy! <laughs> it's it. It's slipping my mind too. He was. I just I, know he was Ion. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. And Parallax at some point. My goodness. Yeah. This guy is. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Hal Jordan's been Parallax too. Yeah, but Kyle Rayner's been. Yeah. A lot. A lot more things. <laughs> They they just like making him an overpowered character for some reason. Kyle, Kyle Rayner. Rayner, yeah. Well, Kyle Rayner doesn't get enough love. Like he has a cult following, but they they should give him more love and just make him a proper. You know, I mean, for a like long an time, Green Lantern. For a long time, he was. <laughs> yeah. Like, to be fair, for a long time, he was, and he was the central Green Lantern for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially after what Hal Jordan did, mm-hmm. right? As Parallax. Yeah. So. In Cal Rayner's defense, he has been the main Green Lantern for a lot of people. Yeah. Right? And then the people who follow the animated series know Jon Stewart as their main Green Lantern. So when Jeff Johns brought back Hal Jordan as sort of like this main, main player Green Lantern, Mm -hmm. not a lot of people were on board with it because not a lot of people followed it. it. Right? So yeah, until they read it, until what Jeff Johns did in that entire Green Lantern run that he did, that impressive nine, ten year run. That it was like, okay, we see why you brought Hal Jordan back to the forefront. That so, guy can do no wrong. Y- yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. He can do no wrong. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Because Grant Morrison's a great, fantastic writer. Too, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Liam exactly. Sharp's one of, like, one of the most up-and-coming artists right now. So, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate his stuff. Yeah. I really like his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's about all the DC books. So now we're going to move on to... Marvel. <laughs> Captain Marvel? <laughs> we're going to go on to Marvel. And the first book we're going to talk about in Marvel is X-Force number one. Yeah, I'm excited about X-Force. I'm always excited about new X-Force books because I think it explores themes that are otherwise untouchable in main x-men books mm-hmm. and my favorite x-force book was actually uncanny from uh, x-force uncanny x-force yeah. from rick remender mm-hmm. but I, I also feel like that run ruined x-force for me mm. because i that's all i expect now from yeah. x-force books right so especially just the way he wrote the way he wrote wolverine was i think the most tolerable wolverine Right, because normally I don't, I don't enjoy Wolverine much. Wolverine as a character, I think is 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 too brash to be relatable. Yeah, if brash is the right word, like he's just he's just too rough around the edges. Yeah, and 
it just doesn't make for a very relatable character. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's why I don't read Wolverine as often. Mm-hmm. Right. Even yeah. though he's even though even though Hugh Jackman has generated a ton and a ton of interest for Wolverine, I just can't pick one up and keep reading it. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm, I'm always going to be retreading the same thing when I read Wolverine books, yeah. right? And it's almost a similar fashion to Batman as well. Mm-hmm. Batman, you, you're always retouching the tragic in his life that made him who he is, right? You're always sort of retreading those waters. So that's why I'm actually really excited about what Tom, like what Tom King has done but, to Batman. Yeah, but Batman in he's general... a different tragedy to yeah, his life, right? But in general, he's... Batman is just a more multi-dimensional character, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like you can't. There's no. There's no one Wolverine, like iteration. I believe that's better than any iteration of Batman. Mm. Maybe Old Man Logan. Yeah, well, Old Man Logan. Yeah, Old Man Logan was different. Yeah, and it brought something to Wolverine that really. That really put him in a corner. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was something that he would never do, yeah. and he and it happened, mm-hmm. right? So it was a good exploration of that. And for me, Wolverine in X Force, he was fantastic, mm-hmm. and Uncanny X Force, yeah, he was fantastic. Rick Rick Remender really knows how to write character. Mm-hmm. A lot of these characters together. That was my favorite Deadpool as well, right? That was. That that made me fall in love with the Phantom X character. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the best Archangel stuff that I've ever read. Right. So that run encapsulated everything that I wanted out of an X Force book, mm-hmm. and it made me fall in love with a lot of characters I didn't expect I would be. Right. Right. Normally, I just don't read Deadpool stuff. I mm-hmm. just find that it's too over the top. It's too fourth wally, and it's it's just not for me. You know. They they've taken that aspect of Deadpool to the extremes yeah in, in recent years yeah um and, and and unfortunately that's how Deadpool is just characterized yes. as now yeah right like he's he's you're never going to see any Deadpool comic now moving forward where he's just n- not gonna be that way yeah unfortunately yeah, yeah exactly right? yeah and like I I'm excited about this X Force run, mm-hmm. this new X Force run, because I really like Ed Breeson as a writer. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know, like I I don't know where they could go. So I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll have to see. Where, to be fair, where a lot happens, of these but... a lot of these comics are we'll have to see sort of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, sometimes, depending on the creative team, you just know you, you get just know it's like Green Lantern, right? Yeah. So. Okay. Next X Men, well not not even X Men. Next X Men, Killmonger. <laughs> <laughs> next Marvel book, because the next page was also was just Flash X Force somewhere on as well. The next one we're gonna talk about is Killmonger. It's a mini series by Brian Hill, Juan Ferreira. What do you think about this? Hmm. I enjoyed the iteration of Killmonger that they did in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that that's the iteration that they are going to move forward with in Marvel, mm-hmm. just because that's the that's the version of him that now casual Marvel fans can relate to now mm-hmm. that they know. So that's the one that they're going to push moving forward. Yeah, right. And I it's mean, a smart choice. It's too, a smart choice, exactly, because he's 
he's a very unknown character. Unless you're unless you've read that Black part Panther. of the universe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think even, for casual moviegoers, like or if it's just like casual Marvel fans, like it's a great entry to get people in because Killmonger was such like a villain, even though he's a villain, he had very justified reasons for himself. Yeah, he was very multifaceted. Like exactly. there was there was a lot of angles to him that even if even though you knew he was a villain, you sympathized with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, now I, I believe this this five issue run uh, explores what he was doing before he became Killmonger. Yes, right. So, I mean, that would be interesting to see, mm-hmm. right? Just to kind of see, sort of his. I mean, I don't know how far back they're gonna go, right? But just to see his life history and and what has led him up to Killmonger, I think would be a a, a pretty interesting read. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, now that they've brought this version of him to the forefront, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's one of those because the character was placed so well in the movie yeah. by Michael B. Jordan that I think people will be seeking out a, a series like this, and it, this this miniseries is coming out a good time. Yeah, yeah, as are most Black Panther series coming out now. I guess so. Yeah. 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 Like it's just it's just the time. But but even even before that like I remember Black Panther really making his return in Hickman's New Avengers. He was mm-hmm. a huge part of that that Illuminati group. Mm-hmm. And then there was Tanahasi Coates Black Panther run. But even but before that came the, out. Even before the not even before the current one, that intergalactic one, like years before that. Oh right. There was, there was that one that yeah. came out, right? Him and Brian Selfies, so that was a good run as well mm-hmm. and then now he's still continuing that run right by like a different yeah. volume so right yeah okay so the next series on our list and I think this is something I want to cover mm-hmm. on the show is Winter Soldier number one Winter Soldier very excited about this Bucky Barnes <laughs> it's uh, it's a mini series yeah. it's a five issue mini it is written by Kyle Higgins with art by Rod Reese. this I'm excited I don't think Winter Soldier gets enough love. Again, it the the timing <laughs> of this book is impeccable, right? I, I as here's the thing, man. Like Marvel has been stuck in such a weird limbo with comics, and now that they've had such a successful run in their cinematic universe that this success is just bleeding into the comics mm-hmm. right so now you're you're seeing characters like Winter Soldier Killmonger that are now getting more of the spotlight that they deserve mm-hmm. when it comes to books right like you said like I I don't remember the last time I saw a Winter Soldier title yeah the last time for me was when Brubaker was still in Captain America mm-hmm. and then he did the Winter Soldier ongoing how long ago was that uh, a few years ago. Well, there you go. It's got, it's, it's got years ago. <laughs> yeah. Years ago. But um, he he was on there for a while, and then someone else took over and then finished the run. And then there was this one mini series, but it was like a really trippy mini series for uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And then since then, it was kind of just it was just here and there. Like he'll yeah. he'll make appearances and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, this will be a good reintroduction back into a like a mainstay Winter Soldier, and mm-hmm. hopefully turns it into an ongoing because I think I think the stands are 
missing that ongoing Winter Soldier book. Yeah. Especially because now that Captain America has made sort of this return to a more espionage soldier, you know, political Captain America. Yeah. That it's a good time to reintroduce that aspect back into Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Right? That Winter Soldier run with Brubaker when it was like very espionage heavy I think that was that was some of the greatest greatest Winter Soldier stories right so um, you know obviously from the man who created the character as well right so um, I, I'm pretty excited about this run Winter Soldier looking forward to it pick that up <laughs> <laughs> put it on your pull list um, next book we're going to talk about is Superior Spider-Man number one whoa so Superior Spider-Man is back. I, um, I I had the misfortune of missing the initial Super Superior Spider-Man. Oh, run. oh no! I'm sorry. You you need to read it. You need to absolutely. Read I think it. yeah. I think that's like one of the few things that I have the I singles. Not reading. I have all the singles. I have the oversized hardcover behind me on my bookshelf. <laughs> oversized. The oversized hardcover. I have all the issues digitally on a Comicsology. It was such a good run. It was so unique at its time because yeah. there was so much backlash with what Dan Slott did to Spider-Man right to have Otto Octavius take over mm-hmm. right swap bodies and take over now I do recall that yeah so that was at the that was at the tail end of not the tail end of his Spider-Man run because obviously it went on for years after that but it was that Amazing Spider-Man it was 698 or something like that mm-hmm. and it was like a three issue arc that explored what happened because Otto Octavius developed something that swapped bodies he was like dying mm-hmm. like he was he was like de- almost decaying he was dying mm-hmm. and he swapped bodies with Peter Parker yeah so Peter Parker realizes this and he's trying to fight it back he's trying to gain it back and whatnot. and at the end spoiler alert years in the making <laughs> um, Otto defeats Spider-Man he, well he defeats uh, Peter Parker. Yeah. Just to not confuse anyone. So Otto defeats Peter Parker as Spider-Man. And finally, but Peter Parker says, you know, now that you have the suit, now that you are me, you have to come to terms that you have these responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And all these memories of Peter Parker as growing up and all that, all the tragedies he's gone through, you, it was pictured as Otto Octavius going through all those tragedies. Yeah. Right? And Otto's like, what are all these memories? I don't want them. And Peter is saying, like, with these powers, you have to understand it comes with great responsibility. Yeah. And you have to be, you you have a certain duty to the world, to the city. And Otto then realizes the, the type of burden that Peter Parker has always carried with him throughout yeah. his life. So Otto goes on and says, I will be the, I will be the better Spider-Man. I, I will live, I will live on, you know, in this body and... I will become the superior Spider-Man in mm-hmm. a sense that he will be Spider-Man better than what Peter Parker could. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it it went through this run of exploring how to be a hero, yeah, right, and what lines you can cross and can't cross, mm-hmm. and how to take the risks and how to analyze the risks and how to just be the best you can be for the city. And yeah. it was some of the greatest things. Oh, it was such a fantastic run. Absolutely love. I'm it. surprised at some point you just go, nah, I'm good. You can have it back. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so it was so fun. It was so refreshing, and it was written really well. Mm-hmm. 
And at the time, there were a lot of tie-ins. <laughs> and a lot of people realized... Well, not realized it was a different Spider-Man, but they were just like, something's off about this guy. It's like, Spider-Man's kind of being a jerk right now. Yeah. <laughs> and Spider-Man's just like, I don't care. <laughs> he just walks away. And it was some some great stuff. Some really fantastic stuff. So now that it's back, um, and there's going to be also a superior, superior octopus, I believe. Yeah. And it's sort of bringing that back, bringing mm-hmm. that idea back. And I think it would be some fantastic now, stuff. Now, when you mentioned body swap, that just reminded me of the episode of Justice League when the Flash switched bodies with Lex Luthor. So Lex Luthor was inside the Flash's body. Okay. And then he runs to the washroom and he's like, well, now that I have the Flash's body, I'm going to go and find out his identity. So he takes off his mask, looks in the mirror, he's like, I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> 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 that is that, so true though yeah he wouldn't know who he, he is have no idea who it is because he doesn't know who he is yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, i don't know that just reminded me of that moment it was so funny but anyway sorry go on it's that was like that was like uh beginning of the new 52 justice league when uh batman uh pulls off his uh thing yeah uh pulls off his um cowl mm-hmm. and he tells how jordan is like my name is bruce wayne and how's like who yeah <laughs> It's pretty much they don't know like really know each other. Yeah, and that was the origin story, right? For yeah. the beginning of the new job, the new Fifty Two Justice yeah. League. So, yeah, yeah. All right. So next book we're gonna talk about um, is Miles Morales Spider Man. Now, it's written by Salon and Ahmed and drawn by Javier Geron. I think I'm saying it right. You always think you're saying it right. Uh, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Maybe. So this is a new ongoing Miles Morales Spider-Man book. This is going to be the first time, though, that it's being written as an ongoing series, like a solo ongoing series by someone not named Brian Michael Bendis. Mm-hmm. So it it will really depend on the voice that Saladin gives him. But I, I trust Saladin. He's a good he's a good writer, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, he's he's a Eisner Award winner. So he's he's going to write him well. But it just depends on... Because I, I've read pretty much everything that Bendis has done for right. Miles Morales. Because mm-hmm. I think Miles Morales is a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Especially when he was still part of the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to a certain voice. So it would depend on how Saladin writes him. I'm sure he'll keep a very similar tone. But obviously with every writer, there's going to be minor changes. So it just depends on how he writes them. They really spoiled but. Miles Morales for me in Venom. What do you mean? Like he was just so useless. Oh, like why would you? Why would you do that to Miles? <laughs> <laughs> it. I mean, it wasn't a Miles story. Right? It was. But it was weird. Like why? Yeah. I I do agree with you. Like we we did touch upon this when we covered uh, when we were covering that first arc for yeah. Venom. That yeah. why was he even there? Yeah, like he very much served a plot purpose and that. But nothing else. There was no development at that point. A plot, right? a plot purpose that could have been served by anyone else. Anyone else. It could have been. I don't know. Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did Miles dirty. Who's but... who's like the most? It could have been Bob, like from <laughs> from uh, Deadpool. Oh yeah, could have been Bob. Could be anyone. Yeah, <laughs> literally anyone. But. <laughs> I mean, I think it's interesting. 
at the time because we're talking about how Spider-Man had a personal vendetta against just a Venom. Mm-hmm. So there was like a brief interaction there, but I, I, if they had explored that a little further, that would have been nice too. But whoa, whoa, wrong universe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's on me, bro. <laughs> so yeah, I am excited about this book, but it would depend on how he writes them. But it, you know, it's just we'll I'm happy. <laughs> not just that, but like where I'm happy that he's getting a new ongoing. Yeah. Right. So because you, you, there was always the fear that what would happen after Bendis left, because if there was going to be a huge change on the voice, then it might even just ruin the character. But, right. Yeah. Okay. So we're running pretty long on this preview thing, aren't we? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. So we're we're going to move over to that huge preview book now that you would have that has all the other publishers on them. And we're going to be talking about some image books. There are some really cool books that are coming out. And on the image side, we have Die, number one. Written by Karen Gillan, with art by Stephanie Hunt. So, what what do you what do you think about this series? I'm I'm really excited about it, but I don't know where they're gonna go with this. Like it's, I honestly have no thoughts. It's so like it's so out there. Like I I think it. I have to make a, a note for our listeners. I'm not much of an of like a small publisher book kind of guy. Okay. I'm just not. But it's image. Which I understand. <laughs> They're a huge publisher. But I'm more of a... I'm very much a DC Marvel guy. Like, oh, okay. the only time I'll read Image or Dark Horse or even, I don't know, IDW, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the only time I ever read those publishers is when you recommend them to me. Oh, okay. Right. So, like, but other than that, like, I don't go out of my way to... Because, I mean... Good. I mean, truth be told, there is a lot. There is a lot mainstream DC Marvel yeah. stuff to just and keep I up feel on, like so. just yeah, just on DC Marvel alone, there's a lot to keep up with. And I feel yeah. like with publishers like Image, they do allow for a lot more uh, creator controlled content, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's more yeah, it's all creator owned. Yeah, it's all creator yeah. owned exactly, which. On the flip side of that means that they just publish a lot more books every month. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's it for me, because of that, it, it sort of deters me. And but I do understand that I should sift through and try to find those gems of the month. Get it? You don't get it. <laughs> <clears throat> but I've made my point. <laughs> um Okay, so I, I think we, we I think moving forward for um, for previews like later on for yeah. like later months, mm-hmm. uh, what we should also do is include the little excerpt that they put in, right? Because I think it does help set the mood of how we're going to talk about these books as well, right? Um, so we'll start here with image <laughs> books. <laughs> uh, so die number one, uh, and I think these these require a bit more explanations as well because they are very much establishing the brand new universe a brand new yes. story so it does the expert does help mm-hmm. the excerpt does help so I'm gonna read this this is straight from the previews book Die is a pitch black fantasy where a group of 40 something adults have to deal with the returning unearthly horror they barely survived as teenage role players if Karen's in a rush he describes it as goth Jumanji 
God, that, Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> that only captures a sliver of what you'll find in this oversized debut issue, where fantasy gets all too real. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm down for goth Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it does sound really cool. And I yeah. think it explores that adventure, that sense of adventure mm-hmm. that a lot of people nowadays really enjoy. And mm-hmm. like, especially now that with games like, like role playing games with games like D&D and, you know, Pathfinder and stuff like that becoming more mainstream and becoming more widely played. Yeah. Things like this, like books like this will, especially that's like, it was a huge reason of how Stranger Things caught on as well. Like, you know, aside from the fact that Stranger Things is just really good, the fact that those kids all play D&D and relating that to the things that they're experiencing yeah. really captured a, an audience on its own. So with a book like this, I think will be really, will be a really good chance for a lot of people to, to jump on to comic storytelling. Right. You know, because this type of setting can also be explored in comics medium because we explored really well so mm-hmm. I'm really pretty excited about this book Goth Jumanji Com- Goth Jumanji you, I mean you got me there man just the moment I said Goth Jumanji that's you know I should just read excerpts from now on just excerpts just read yeah. you excerpts every day and you'd be like put that book on my list put that <laughs> book on my list <laughs> every day just send me an excerpt <laughs> and then at the end it's just Goth Jumanji <laughs> on every book if it's not Goth Jumanji I don't want it <laughs> <laughs> wow okay um <laughs> okay, so moving on to book number two from Image. It's called Prodigy. It is a six-issue mini. It's written by Mark Millar or Mark Miller, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I go with Millar. A lot of people say Miller. And it's the, the, the art is done by Raphael Albuquerque, one of my favorite artists from American Vampires. Stuff like that. It's, you don't know? Okay. I'm just waiting for the excerpt. <laughs> I agree with you. I was just expecting something a little more after that. <laughs> Okay, the excerpt. Here we go. Edison Crane's not content being the world's smartest man and most successful uh, businessman. His brilliant mind needs to be constantly challenged. He's a Nobel Prize winning scientist, genius composer, Olympic athlete, an expert in the occult, and now international governments are calling on him to fix problems they just can't handle. That's an instant yes for me. But I haven't even said Gostromanji. That's okay. Oh. I, I'm always a big fan of these kind of stories. Espionage, like, um, like this feels like a very limitless kind of story. Like limitless, like Bradley Cooper limitless. Like yeah, Bradley Cooper limitless. Oh, yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Like you have this really sort of just like mm. like there, there's this trend now. Yeah. Even in anime and manga as well, where you just have this really overpowered character mm-hmm. and they they just write them in a way where it's not it's not boring to read or watch this person right mm-hmm. because you'd imagine if if this guy say for example uh, I'll use overlord as an example and I've offered that uh, to dark side uh, many episodes ago, <laughs> but uh, Overlord, for example, is a, yeah. is about uh, a, a person that's stuck in an online game. But his in-game character is the most overpowered character of all time, right? And it's basically an episode of uh, or a series about him conquering the the in-game world, 
right? And, and it's very interesting. Uh, and I, I see this series in, in a similar light. Okay. Right? Uh, even even episodes, uh, shows like One Punch Man. Okay, right. Right? Like a uh, super overpowered character that's... <laughs> One Punch Man is very much a parody, though. It, very much a parody, but but they write they wrote him as an overpowered character in the right way. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, they made him interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, like I, I see... Not that this is a comedy or a parody. It's not. It's very much serious. But uh, I, I see them writing this in a very overlord-esque way mm-hmm. right and and i enjoy those kind of stories as yeah. long as they don't make them so overpowered that, it, that there's no point in reading it yeah yeah, yeah. right that's one, the- one thing i did really like about one punch man is what really kept me on board was as overpowered as he is and as much of a comedy or a parody as it mm-hmm. is they explored the idea of what happens when you're no longer challenged in life yeah right like what what do you do so i think this will be that type of a story where it's yeah. just what happens when you can no longer be challenged? Like, how do you move forward? How do you progress in life? Right, right. So that that would be really that would be interesting. I feel like an interesting twist on a series like Prodigy would be they make him out to be this perfect human being, but there's obviously there there could be things that maybe he's personally fighting along in these adventures, mm-hmm. right? I feel like those would be interesting twists as well that. Um, could really add layers to the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for but sure. yeah, I'm definitely definitely looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I think that's about all the new image series that are coming out. There's yeah. obviously a lot of really good image books coming out, but those are mostly continuing ongoing series, right. and stuff like that, right? So we're gonna go over to Boom Studio. This is a personal favorite. He literally couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't stop talking about this book. I'm so excited. Klaus and the Crying Snowman. <laughs> this <laughs> it's written by Grant Morrison and drawn by Dan Mora. It Klaus is so good. This the even the, the original sort of miniseries and then the subsequent like uh sort of one shots that go, it's just so well done. It's mm-hmm. such a it's such a refreshing take on the origin of Saint Nick mm-hmm. that I think it's it's not corny, but it's also not super serious that you can't have fun with it. Right. And I think it's just it's done so well. The illustration is fantastic as well. And the okay, so the excerpt for this book is Klaus has to help an absentee dad turned snowman make amends before melting away for good. And probably <laughs> before he's defeated by a pantheon of Norse gods and their minions. All in a day's work for Santa Claus. <laughs> like just just reading that, I'm like, I you have gotta, to read, you gotta this. read it. I have you gotta to read, read this it. book. It's you gotta so, read it. and only Grant Morrison can come up with this type of stuff. And it's just so, it's such a refreshing take. You're gonna love it if you, because this is two months away. Mm-hmm. If you go back and read the Klaus miniseries and then like a few of the one shots moving from there, you're gonna be really pumped for this book. Perfect. Very. Excited. It feels like I've got a lot of. Now, if it hasn't, it happens. If it hasn't been made obvious already, it's very clear that that Jerry is much more of the reader than I am. This is like, uh, I think the perfect way to describe our dynamic is uh, a fanboy having a conversation with 
I don't even know how to describe you. How do I describe you? I don't know. Like, what's the one step above fanboy? Um, I would say a fanboy talking to a diehard. Yeah, but I think I'm 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 a few steps before below diehard because I really enjoy modern comics. Mm-hmm. The the like golden age stuff, silver age stuff, I can't get into. Because it, it I was feel a different like form of comic it, exactly, back then, and, and I it, feel it like tougher to read. Those didn't age as well for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I did read some of that stuff back then, and yeah. even at the time, it was just like I I didn't, it didn't grasp me the way modern comics have grasped me now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an interesting thing, but like I I really enjoy modern comics, and I'll, I'll read anything now, mm-hmm. but. I don't feel like I would have done the same thing for like Golden Age comics or even Silver Age comics. Yeah, I mean, no. for the most part, you, you mean you'd only ever get it for the monetary value of it nowadays, right? I guess so. so yeah, or like you would pick up very specific runs. Like, I've been meaning to go back and read Jack Kirby's Fourth World stuff. Yeah, because that stuff is fantastic. I've heard, mm-hmm. but I haven't read it, and I've and I haven't gone back to read it because there's still so much modern stuff I haven't read that it just, I want to get versed in that first before I go back right? but obviously I want to get more versed in Jack Kirby's stuff because I know he is just such a visionary right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of stuff from way back then but I, I, I guess like you can say like Die Hard for like modern comics but I don't yeah so I mean that would that's probably closer to but the it's dynamic in, but it's have. really interesting because we will then come at comics at different angles right Right, so it does create it does generate more interesting conversations. I think mm-hmm. that we're not gonna get too deep into the continuity of it, and we're going to talk more about what the books themselves mean, like which what is the message they're trying to send, which is the intention like of our podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that does create a better dynamic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I think that's about all the previews that we're gonna cover for this month. Yeah. Yeah, there's other, there's, you know, again, there's other books that are out there that are just going to be fantastic. But I think those books, chances are we won't end up covering on the show. And yeah. a lot of it are ongoing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just I mean, if it does end up being it. something we want to cover, like you'll you'll hear about you'll it. hear it'll, about it. It'll get covered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or we'll, we'll probably make mention of it on on Twitter or any form of our social media accounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think. I mean, being our first previews episode, I guess, it's gone pretty well. We went a little over what we thought we would. I, I didn't think we'd be able to talk we this long. We are at... We're like, we're like close to an hour. 50, almost 55 minutes. Yeah. The the original intention was 30. <laughs> uh, we thought is, we were getting through anything. Which, which is fine. Is good, which is fine. It just means more good comics coming out, right? More good comics then. Yeah. It just means that we've generated more conversation than we initially thought that we would, which is always a good thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, go through the previous catalog, you know, shoot us an email, contact at darkrosecomics.com, let us know on Twitter, twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, let us know what you're interested in reading, What let us know what you're excited about, um, because we, we're always interested in knowing what our readers, or what our listeners want to read, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if there's, such, if there's books that you want us to cover on the show, this will be a great time to let us know, so we can, you know, prep ahead of time 
if you give us like a run and be like, you need to read like these four last previous runs, it's like, hey, you know, give us two months to prep for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll, That'd be great. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, don't tell us the week before. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so this has been the first previews episode. Moving forward, every month, I think uh, the, the week after the previous catalog comes out, we're going to try to cover them, uh, you know, t- to the best we can. And uh, I think some of these books will probably end up on our show. So, yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah. Until next time. Take care. See ya.